Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with Pride Goes Before Destruction, as we pick up in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 17. And now, with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. The highway of the upright is to depart from evil. And he that keeps his way preserveth his soul. Then one that is very familiar but so often misquoted. How many times you've heard people say, pride goeth before a fall. That's not a scripture. This is the scripture from which that quotation is taken, but it is misquoted. Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. So pride goes before destruction. That haughty spirit is going to be brought down. Humble thyself in the sight of the Lord. He shall lift thee up. He that humbleth himself shall be exalted. He that exalteth himself shall be abased. Better it is to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. So a couple of them that deal with pride and humility. He that handleth a matter wisely shall find good. And whoso trusteth in the Lord, happy is he. (laughs) How neat it is to just have your trust in the Lord. Happy man. You know, you're not really disturbed by the circumstances of life. My trust is in God. Happy is he. The wise in heart shall be called prudent, and the sweetness of the lips increaseth learning. Understanding is a wellspring of life unto him that hath it, but the instruction of fools is folly. So understanding, with all of thy getting, get understanding, David said to Solomon. It's a wellspring of life to him who has it. Oh, God grant to us a better understanding. I think to have understanding is so important because I think it is the key to compassion. There are many people in many circumstances in which we find it difficult to to be compassionate. In operating summer camps, which I did for years and years. You get those kids that are just behavioral problems. I've had the counselors come in and say, you better get that kid out of my group or I'm going to kill him. He's horrible. You know, he's just screaming at night and, and always creating problems. I can't stand that kid. Get him out of there before you have to carry him out. Going to do something rash. And so I'll bring the little kid in. And I'll sit him down. And of course, you know, he has to go to Chuck. And he comes in all trembling. And, you know, here he is, you know. Like I'm going to be a monster. And I'll go over and buy him an ice cream bar and sit him down and start talking. Ask him, you know, about his home. About his background. The little kid will start unfolding the story 
how his dad, he never sees him, doesn't know where he is. Comes home, his mom's usually drunk. Different men in the house who yell at him and tell him to get out of there and all this kind of stuff. And man, you get the background stories of some of these little guys and you can't believe it. It's horrible. And then I'll call the counselor back in and I said, do you realize that, you know, this is what happens and then this little kid goes home and this is what the situation is? Oh, wow, you know. Well, you have a whole changed attitude towards him. Now you understand why he's fighting everybody. Man, this little kid has to fight for survival. And as you understand now the background Now you can have compassion, and now you can deal with him, and now you can minister to him. Understanding is such an important thing. Ezekiel said, I sat where they sat, and you really need to sit in another man's place for a while to really understand that other person. I think one of the keys to Relationship is to put yourself in the other person's position. We have so many labor problems. Well, if you could reverse roles, if management could sit where labor is, and if labor could sit where management is, you could remove so many of these labor problems. The management would understand that this guy has to have a decent wage to live. But also, this guy would understand that management has to have a profit to survive. If a wife could sit where her husband sits, and if a husband could sit where his wife sits, how many problems this would solve? When he comes home at night, just all frazzled from the pressures and the hassles that he's had all day, and sits down and just wants to turn on TV and, and just, you know, tune out for a while. And he's uncommunicative to his wife. Well, if she could just understand the pressures, the hassles he's had. On the same token, if he could just be with those kids all day long, and be communicating to them. He'd understand the wife's need to communicate on a different level when he gets home. And I sat where they sat. Understanding, understanding the other person's position is so important, really, to compassion, to love. It's a wellspring of life to him who has it. Oh, God grant that we might have better understanding. The heart of the wise teacheth his mouth and addeth learning to his lips. So the heart is the issue of life. Pleasant words are as a honeycomb, sweet to the soul, health to the bones. Now, I don't know if the scientists have ever made any relationship between honey and the bones, but it's sweet to the soul, honey, and... Health the one. What are they? Pleasant words. Oh, just just cheerful words, pleasant words. How how good they are. 
There is a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. I think of so many people today who are deceived by false prophets, who are deceived by false religious systems. They're convinced that they are right. There is a way that seems right unto man, but the end of it, there's another scripture, every man's way is right in his own eyes. But here, there is a way that seems right, the way of life, you know, the philosophy of life that a man has chosen. It seems to be right. Eat, drink, and be merry. Tomorrow we die, you know. And you talk to that guy, and he's convinced that his philosophy is correct. But the end thereof is the way of death. He that laboreth, <laughs> laboreth for himself, for the mouth <laughs> craves it of him. It's, it's a thing that your labor goes to feed yourself. An ungodly man digs up evil, and in his lips there is a burning fire. Actually, James says, Behold, what a great fire such a little matter kindleth, and the tongue is, is like a fire, the things that it can inflame. A perverse man sows strife, and a whisperer can separate the best of friends. A violent man entices his neighbor and leads him into the way that is not good. He shuts his eyes to devise perverse things. Moving his lips, he brings evil to pass. Now the hoary head, which is the gray, the hoary frost, the white hair, is a crown of glory if it be found in the way of righteousness. I think that one of the worst things in the world is a dirty old man. <laughs> you know, when people get old and gray-headed, they're supposed to all be sweet and kind and loving. After all, they're, you know, getting towards the end, and, and so you ought to be mellow. And to see a little old gray-haired lady using four-letter words and all that kind of, it's just, it's just wrong. It's out of place. My daughter used to work for a medical supply firm, and she had to deliver some things to this little old lady in the hospital. And she walked in and saw her and thought, oh, what a sweet-looking little old lady, you know. <laughs> and then this lady started all this filthy language. And it's just, it's just somehow incongruous. It's just out of place. The gray hair is a crown of glory if it be found in the way of righteousness. But man, if it's not... He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he that ruleth his spirit is better than he that takes a city. 
how important it is. Slow to anger, ruling our own spirits, important. The lot is cast into the lap. Now, it's, it's a, the lot is a thing whereby they would oftentimes determine. You know, it's like drawing a straw. They would cast lots into their lap. But the whole disposing thereof is of the Lord. Trying to get guidance or direction or to determine, they cast lots. But the real direction and the disposing of the thing comes from God. Better is a dry morsel with quietness than a house full of sacrifices with strife. Now, the house full of sacrifices refer to the sacrifices. If, if in that economy the, the, of the Judaism, if you decided that tonight you wanted to have a roast leg of lamb, to butcher your lamb, you'd take it down to the temple and you'd bring it to the priest. And you'd say, I want to offer this as a peace offering unto God, a sacrifice. So you'd butcher the lamb, and the priest would take the fat and put it on the fire and burn it, and, and the smoke and all, of course, smells real good, and it, that's your portion, God, you know. And I take, and the priest gets his portion out, puts his hook in, gets his portion. But then the rest of it I roast, and I gather together my family and friends, and we have a big, you know, barbecue. So the house full of sacrifices actually refers to a house full of, of meat, which in those days and is becoming more so now a real delicacy. But a dry morsel in quietness, in peace, is better than a whole house full of sacrifices with strife. A wise servant shall have rule over a son that causeth shame and shall have a part of the inheritance among the brethren. The finding pot is for silver, the furnace for gold, but the Lord trieth the hearts. Now, the Bible speaks about God testing our works by fire. God trying our hearts, the, the testing of our works, really, when it comes down to it, is not so much what we have done, but the motive that was behind what was done. The Bible says that all of our works are to be tested to see what sort they are, tested by fire. And those works that can remain after the testing of fire, you'll be rewarded for. But many of the works that we do are as wood, hay, and stubble. They're going to go up in the flame. I really didn't do them with a pure motive. Though the work may be a very commendable thing. Oh, look what he did, you know. And a very commendable thing. Yet it was done with a motive of bringing glory or honor to myself. I was doing it to be a big show. I was doing it so people would know what a great, neat guy I am, you know, and, and to bring attention or honor to myself. Well, 
those kind of works are going to be tried by God, for God tries the hearts, and he, he, he knows what is in my heart when I am doing something. All of our works tested by fire. Jesus said, take heed to yourself that you do not your righteousness before men to be seen of man. Don't let that be the motive. The approval, the praise, the recognition of man. For he said, I say unto you, you have your reward. So even as the fining pot is for silver and the furnace is to burn out the dross and the gold, so it is the Lord who through the fire will try our hearts, our works, the manner of sort they are. A wicked doer gives heed to false lips, and a liar giveth ear to the naughty tongue. Whoso mocketh the poor reproaches his maker. Now God takes up the cause for the poor. So if you're poor, take heart. God takes up your cause. And anyone who mocks the poor is reproaching his maker. Has not God chosen the poor of this earth, yet rich in faith? He that is glad at calamity shall not be unpunished. One of the characteristics of this agape love in 1 Corinthians 13 is that it rejoices not in iniquity. It rejoices not in the calamity. You know, there are some people we just hope something bad happens to them. They deserve it. And, and when it happens, you say, oh, right, I knew it. You know, they had it coming and all. And, and, and yet he that is glad at calamities shall not go unpunished. So be careful of that. It's the wrong attitude. Children's children are your grandchildren are the crown of old men. Amen. They are glory. And the glory of children, their fathers. Excellent speech becomes not a fool, much less lying lips a prince. Quite a contrast. A gift is as a precious stone in the eyes of him that has it. Wherever he turns it, he prospers. In other words, it's like a precious stone. Wherever you turn it, you see the different colors and facets. So is a gift, like a precious stone to the man who receives it. He that covers a transgression seeks love. Now, the Bible says love covers a multitude of sins. If you cover it, you're seeking love. But he that repeats a matter can separate friends. A reproof enters more into a wise man than a hundred stripes into a fool. It's interesting how that in raising children, you find the diversities of, of personalities, even of your own children. And you learn that there are some kinds of punishment that work for one child but don't work for another. With some, just a word of reproof. And, and they're devastated. Others, you can wail on them and it doesn't touch them. 
my little grandson Bradley. We were down in Phoenix and we were having Thanksgiving dinner with the family there and I think it was during prayer that he had been naughty or so I said, Bradley, Grandpa's ashamed of you. Well, the kid, it, it was like, I had beaten him. He wailed and cried. He was broke tears. Grandpa never said anything before to him of a cross or angry nature, and it just devastated the poor little guy. To have Grandpa disappointed with him, it just almost destroyed him. Reproof enters more into a wise man's heart and all than a hundred stripes enters into a fool. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Proverbs on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Proverbs 16 through 17 when visiting thewordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's thewordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD, and our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord watch over you as you go. May his hand be upon your life for good. May the Lord bless you and strengthen you and fill you with his Holy Spirit that you might walk in his love, that you might be an instrument through which he works his work of love in a world that is filled with hate and suspicion. May your life be as a light shining in a dark place, bringing hope to those who sit in darkness. In Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. As I look around for a godly example of what a Christian woman should be, I see a lot of women who are concerned about what they look like. But rarely do I see a woman who desires the reflection of Jesus Christ. For this very reason, Kay Smith has written a book for women entitled, Reflecting God. Kay teaches women godly attributes, such as how to be joyful when things aren't going so great, or how to be sincere when praying for others, or inspiring them, or how to nurture and influence the people God has placed around you. As Kay teaches God's attributes, women will begin to have the mind of Christ, 
And as this starts to happen within you, outwardly, you will become a reflection of God to a world that desperately needs Him. For more information on how to order the book, Reflecting God by Kay Smith, as well as an optional study guide to lead a women's Bible study, visit thewordfortoday.org to see a preview of this book or call us at 800-272-WORD.